uh, with Canada facing a record-breaking wildfire season. And many parts of the country uh, flooded, both Europe and North America facing heat waves. In July 2023, being the hottest month on record for Earth, uh, the impact of extreme weather events on the food supply has come into focus once again. According to a report from last year, two-thirds of the world's calories come from four staple foods. You're talking rice, wheat, maize, and soybeans. At least 72% of these crops are grown in just five countries, China, India, the United States, Brazil, and Argentina. And uh, the report said a climate catastrophe in any one of those countries could send the entire world into a food crisis. The report said wheat, 65% of which is produced in water-scarce environments, will be the most vulnerable to uh, of all the major staples. Uh, so let's talk about uh, climate change in the food supply. Brent Preston is the president of Farmers for Climate Solutions. Joins us now to talk about this. I appreciate the time today. Thanks so much for having me, Devin. Uh, do we talk enough about the uh, impact climate change would have or could have on our food supply? Well, I think it's a it's a big topic among people in the food business and among farmers, but probably not enough in the general population. You know, it's it's something that is that the global food supply is threatened, and Canada's ability to produce food for our own population and for export is is really severely threatened by climate change right now. Sometimes these, uh, you know, stories can be hard for people to picture in their head. Like one example would be, and I think people have heard about this, especially if you're a fan of sriracha hot sauce, that was uh, impacted by this. But this is more than just a hot sauce issue. Sure, yeah. Maybe we can think of um, hot sauce as the canary in the coal mine. You know, it's, it's one, we can all live without hot sauce. Um, you know, it might be unfortunate, but we can't live without those staple crops that you talked about. And um you know, right now in Canada, as you mentioned in the intro, we have severe drought in the uh, prairie provinces. Uh, I was actually just out there last week uh, touring farms that that are looking at maybe a 30 or 40 percent uh, of their normal harvest due to the dry weather out there. And then other parts of the country with way, way too much water. On our farm in Ontario, we've had multiple rainfall events that we we never saw 10 years ago just you know over and over again two or three inches in a night um, an inch in less than an hour of rain um, it's really really making it difficult to to farm right now and, and for a lot of different reasons in a lot of different parts of the country is there anything or something you think is particularly vulnerable um, well, as you mentioned, the, the supply of some of our staple crops, the ability to produce wheat and canola um, on the on the Canadian prairies, other staple grains is threatened. You know, the, we're on track right now for two degrees of warming globally by the end of this century. But we all know that Canada is warming at twice the global rate. Uh, and at four or five degrees of, of warming on the Canadian prairies, that's going to make big swaths of this country unfarmable. Um, big swaths of the area that now produces food, are, we're not going to be able to farm uh, those areas if we experience that kind of warming. So it really needs to be all hands on deck. And farmers have a really important role to play. We uh, Farmers account for about 10% of Canada's uh, greenhouse gas emissions. And we have practices and and ways of doing things on our farm that can reduce those emissions but also make us less vulnerable to climate impacts going forward. 
You know, thinking about this kind of reminds me a bit of the pandemic. We have a global issue that impacts us all and potentially Canada in particular because we are so reliant on the global infrastructure. But if the global infrastructure suffers issues, we could have problems. And so when we talked about, you know, being all hands on deck, maybe that's in a couple of different ways. Are we too reliant on the global infrastructure for food? Well, I think we could make ourselves more resilient to to um, disruptions in the sl- supply chain. You know, the, the example that that we've been talking about uh, lack of of peppers to make hot sauce. You can grow pepper hot peppers really uh, successfully in Canada. I grow vegetables. I grow cut salads um, for the the market in southern Ontario, and. Um, you know, most of the, the the big majority of the vegetables that we consume, the fruit and vegetables in Canada, are imported, and a lot of them come from areas like the Central Valley of California, which are in the midst of a just devastating drought. You know, the ability of those areas to produce fruits and vegetables going forward is really in doubt with climate change. So, part of um, building resilience in our food system is is uh, building domestic capacity to supply our own markets and to um, diversify the crops that we grow both at an individual farm level and um, for the agricultural sector as a whole in Canada. Do you see steps being made to be more resilient? Absolutely. There's farmers doing all sorts of innovating, innovative things across the country. You know, one of, the, one of the most effective ways to increase resilience on the farm is to improve soil health. Um, you know, if you have a healthy living soil with lots of organic matter, first of all, that pulls carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. It's a great way of um, reducing our uh, greenhouse gas emissions, but it also makes our soil better able to hold water. So when we have a really serious deluge, deluge like we've seen here, a, an intense rainstorm, our soil is better able to absorb that water and then to hold it through periods of drought. So farmers right now all across the country are doing things to improve their soil health, to make themselves more resilient. But it's like any other sector, we need support. You know, the government's pouring a lot of money into developing the market for electric cars and the capacity to build them here in Canada. We also need public support to help farmers adapt to climate change and to make our food system uh, more secure going forward. Just on that note, before we run out of time, what can we do to help farmers with that? Well, a lot of these practices that, that we talk about that, that improve our resilience, they, pay, they can actually pay financial dividends to farmers over the long term. But in the short term, uh, they're risky. They, ta- they take some time to um, you know, produce benefits for the farmer. Uh, there, there's an element of risk when you're experimenting with new practices. So one of the things that, that Canadian governments have done is, is provide some money to de-risk those practices, to support them over the first couple of years of implementation. Uh, and I think we need more of that. We will follow with interest. Brent, appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. That's Brent Preston, uh, President of Farmers for Climate Solutions.